BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy last year by making investments from coast to coast. Investments like building charging hubs for fleets of electric buses in California and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. VR training platforms like the one developed by Fundamental VR and Orbis International are helping surgeons train over and over before operating on real patients. As you practice each skill, the muscle memory starts to develop. Learn more at meta.com slash metaverse impact. Discover BetMGM, the betting app sports fans in the Capital Region turn to for nonstop action all winter long. Take the excitement of football, basketball, and hockey to the next level with same-game parlays, exclusive signature bets, odds boost promos, and much more. Plus, now you can sign in, place bets, and manage your cash balance under the same BetMGM account in D.C., Maryland, and Virginia. With the same username and password throughout the DMV, it's never been easier to play with the king of sportsbooks. Download the BetMGM app today. BetMGM is an authorized gaming partner of the NBA and an official sports betting partner of the NHL. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly and offer resources to help you make appropriate choices. Please gamble responsibly. BetMGM.com for terms and conditions. Must be 21 years of age or older to wager. Washington, D.C. only. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Welcome back to Dealing Together. First caller? I bought three sweaters to get the fourth free. Oh, you got fleeced. Next caller? I traded my old Samsung at AT&T for a new Samsung Galaxy S24 Plus and chose my plan. That's not a bad deal. It is not. Our best smartphone deals. Your choice of plan. Learn how to get the new Samsung Galaxy S24 Plus with Galaxy AI on us with eligible trade-in. AT&T. Connecting changes everything. Offers vary by device. Subject to change. S24 plus 256 gigabyte offer available for a limited time. Terms and restrictions apply. See att.com slash Samsung for details. If it doesn't work, you're just not using enough. You're listening to Software Radio, special operations military news, and straight talk with the guys in the community. Welcome back to Software Radio. I'm your host today, Steve Balistrieri. I'm tied here this afternoon. Uh, but uh, we have a great guest on the line with us. I think a lot of our listeners will really uh, enjoy th- this conversation. We're getting ready to have John Wayne Walding. He's the first amputee to re-enlist as a Green Beret sniper, born on the 4th of July, named after John Wayne. I mean, how American can you get after that, folks? So we're going to be talking with John here in just a second. But before we do, we just want to remind everyone, we know with all the COVID 19 coronavirus stuff that's going on out there we hope everyone's staying safe we hope everyone's taking care of each other check on your family members especially some of your older ones who might not get out as much a lot of those folks are you know they might be housebound and they're kind of lonely so make sure you check on especially some of your older relatives and americans and especially those vets out there so with that in mind we're going to get into the podcast we want to welcome john to the uh, 
Soft Rep Radio. John, thanks for the time this afternoon. We really appreciate it. Steve, I really appreciate y'all having me. You know, I'll, I'll, my leg will never grow back, right? So I'll, I'll never get tired of people uh, wanting to hear about this uh, one-legged redneck from Grosbeck. So thanks for having me. <laughs> hey, you know, it's funny because, uh, you know, nowadays with the uh, – we'll, we'll get into all that, I mean, with your injury and all that. Yeah. But the, the, the medical technology for the prosthetics has gotten so much better these days. So, oh, yeah. you know, where you're enabled to still go out and, and do the job as an SF guy, I, you know, because when I was in, I'm dating myself here back in the 80s and early 90s. Um, you know, we, we only had three guys on active duty that had lost a leg and stayed on active duty. And all three of them were SF guys. We had a sergeant major named Carlos Parker in seventh group, lost his leg in Vietnam. He remained in. And then my partner, Dave Ortiz, was an SF medic. He used to run the, the med lab over there for the 18 Deltas. He lost his leg in a motorcycle wreck in Fayetteville. Um, and then he stayed in. And then our old commander, when we, him and I worked out at uh, SFAS when they first started it up. Now we're really dating ourselves there. But, uh, <laughs> yeah, he lost the leg in Iraq and stayed in. And then nowadays it, it seems like there's uh, the guys are – you know, much more active and they're, you know, staying, I guess you could say, uh, you know, more actively involved than they probably would have been in my era. Yeah, I think it's kind of twofold, Steve. Obviously, there's no debate that the the technology advancements have have been there. Uh, but also the the mindset, you know, before, as you probably know, like if you got your leg shot off back in the day, it, you know, staying in really wasn't something that necessarily was considered to your point about, you know, a few guys, it wasn't, you know, outlandish to have somebody stay. It just wasn't something that was, you know, normal uh, thing. But uh, since, man, I, I can't tell you the, 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 the prosthesis that, that I've gotten that's allowed me to just do things that I never thought possible. Right. And, and uh, I think people have noticed that to see, obviously I, I went through SODIC and was, uh, I graduated that back in the day and, and people have done a lot cooler things than I have for sure. But to your point, we really have been uh, blessed with the technology out there. And I think because of that, our uh, successes that we've had, you know, has really changed the mindset. Yeah. So let's, we're going to actually go backwards now. Let's talk about, um, so I take it your dad must have been a great fan of John Wayne's to name you after the Duke. Oh, absolutely. He, you know, not only was he a big fan of John Wayne, but he was also a hippie. Yeah. I, told him, I never will forget asking my dad, you know, when I was, I don't know, 14, 15. And I was like, Hey dad, why'd you name me John Wayne? You know, thinking I'd get this great story about how he's a great American. And he wants me to embody all the, manly things that John Wayne did. And he said, well, son, you had a cool birthday. Figured you needed a cool name. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, well, I'm glad you thought about it, a-hole. <laughs> <laughs> that, oh, that, that's a good reason. So yeah. uh, what you, oh, go ahead. I was going to say, and so, you know, being born on the 4th of July, a guy by the name of John Wayne, to your point, going through Green Beret school, you know, when John Wayne was in the movie, The Green Berets, I've done a few push-ups for that guy. <laughs> oh, I, I, I was just going to say, uh, going through, you know, SFAS and then the SF 
you know, QC uh, with the name of John Wayne born on the 4th of July. You weren't the gray man. I'll just say that much. Yeah. Right? <laughs> well, that, you know, and like Ron White says, I, I had the right to remain silent, but not the ability. That's yeah. So <laughs> when they say, who do you think you are, John Wayne? And, and so that's when I have to open my mouth and then uh, I'll get a little stronger after that. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, just like Ron White said, uh, I had the same problem. You know, you can take the boy out of Boston, but you can't take the smart ass out of the boy from Boston. So that's right. You know, I, I was uh, I, I pushed a lot of t- uh, territory south. <laughs> you know, yeah. My time yeah. in the Q course. <laughs> right. <laughs> you know, I'm my feet were elevated on that pine tree quite a bit. You know, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I tell my kids, my chest don't look like this because I kept my mouth shut in the army. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, what year did you join the military? You know, uh, kind of true to my personality, you know, uh, on July 4th, I, uh, I turned 20. July 5th, I went to the recruiter and said, you know, I, I'm, you know, I said, man, I need a real job. Right. And, uh, so that was July 5th, whenever I went to the recruiter, August 16th, I was in basic training. Wow. You know, so that, that, that quickly is, is when I, when I commit, I commit. And, um, that was 2001. So you know what else happened there. So, uh, September 11th, I was still in basic training when the towers fell and, uh, obviously things changed from there. Oh yeah. Now were you, uh, uh, 18 x-ray or were you, did you go in the regular army first? Yeah, I went to the recruiter, got me, man. He said, hey, you want to shoot missiles? I said, hell yeah, who don't? And so <laughs> I, I joined the Army to uh, be a Patriot missile operator. And uh, obviously when the towers fell, you know, we were deployed and everything. And that's whenever I learned about SF. And, and in 2000 and, oh, heck, five, I think, is whenever I went through selection. Nice. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, that was after my time, unfortunately. I, I, I remember when we first started SFAS, you know, th- those of us who are going to be working out there, uh, we didn't have that. I mean, you know, SFAS was kind of rolled into the old phase one where, you know, the, the old harassment phase back then. And uh, yeah. So then they said, oh, well, you guys going to be working out here. You have to go through the course. And I remember thinking, go through what? Excuse <laughs> me? Oh, you have to go through SFAS. And I was like, we're already qualified. So yeah. of course they, they would put a bunch of like going to guys who are going to be instructors together. And then we had a kind of our own team, but we were getting some really weird looks from the candidates because they're wearing the white tag, just like you guys had to do. I'm sure. Yep. You yep. know, and then they're looking at guys who are already have tabs on not wearing the white tags on their uniform, but you know, doing the same stuff they're doing. And, they probably uh, thought it was part of the course. Like, are they trying to mind this with me right now? <laughs> well, finally, you know, when we were going out to do the land nav course, you know, they truck you out there to the Hoffman Triangle. And uh, yeah. so we're sitting on the truck and I'm just kind of looking out the back wondering, what did I do to piss off somebody that I ended up having to do this stuff all over again? And then next thing you know, uh, some kids asked me, he's like, why are you guys here with tabs? And then one of our guys, he's passed away now. Brian, look, was an SF guy from 10th group. And he said, uh, 
well, we're not supposed to tell anybody, but we're going up on the next shuttle mission. (laughs) (laughs) And uh, the kid was like, what? And he's like, yeah, you have to pass selection before you can go to NASA. So, yeah, whoever does the best out of this is going on the next shuttle. That's hilarious. I I remember laughing my ass off because I'm I'm like, okay, uh, that's the best answer. That's all you got to (laughs) do. Yeah. Yeah. We had a guy uh, in our SEER school that, you know, remember back in the day, you didn't have to go through and, and then uh, he was in the guard going to active duty. And like, mm-hmm. I believe he was a master sergeant, you know, and, and uh, he was in our SEER school because he went to active duty. They're like, oh, Bob, oh, you didn't go to SEER school? Uh, yeah, you got to do that now. <laughs> yeah, yeah they've, they've changed so many st- the, the stupid rules they used to have because I went to SEER as a, you know, E6. And uh, after I had been in group for a while, because they at, at that time, it wasn't part of the Q course. And then right. when I went to the war, when I went to the warrant course, they were like, oh, Sear school's part of this. And I yeah. was like, I already been. And they were like, oh, well, great. Now you get to do it again. <laughs> Jesus. And I, I knew all the guys who worked at Sear because I had worked at Camp McCall, you know, as a SFAS guy. So they're all looking at me like, what are you doing here? You already yeah. done Why this. are you on this side of the fence? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it wasn't very pleasant the second time. Yeah. So. So after you graduated the course, what what group were you assigned to? Yeah, so I was uh, assigned to third group. Um, yep. That's the ODA 3336. Um, in fact, right when I got there was the, the transition point from 396 uh, to 3336. That, that was, uh, I mean, it, it was a great team. The guys there were all uh, just, you know, barrel-chested freedom fighters that, that loved to, to do what we love to do. And, and um you know the deal. Like when you're on teams, you know the teams that love to get it and those that, that don't. And we were fortunate enough to uh, get a lot of good uh, missions when we were deployed because of that. Now, at that time, uh, obviously, everything was heavily into the Gulf War. So yeah. you probably weren't doing the Africa stuff at that time. It was probably all Afghanistan, Iraq. Yep, that that's it. In fact, they were uh, when I graduated, I believe it was somewhere in August. I knew it was hot at Bragg when I graduated and went to, you know, my ODA. And the first experience of my ODA was going through all the deployment <laughs> stuff because they were de- we were deployment in October. That August is a, is a rough time in, in Fort Bragg. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And uh, we were, like I said, that was my introduction was getting with them and say, all right, well, we're going in October, so uh, we need this, this, and this. And I was like, all right, cool. <laughs> and uh, we went to, um, oh, man, where was that? Kabul, outside of Kabul, Polish Sharky, mm-hmm. I think, was the, the fob that we were first at and then ended up doing the majority of our stuff out of JBAD. And, you know, we were lucky enough to have the, the first Kandak of the 201st Commandos um, you know, the commando unit that, that we had stood up before then uh, had not had any people graduate the course yet at this time. This was 2007, I believe. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, we were just lucky to have some great folks there that that uh, that supported us. And, and uh, we didn't have to sit at, you know, sit in our huts the whole time. We got to go out and do some work. Nice. Yeah. Yeah. Now, uh, 
Can you talk us through when you got hurt? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, you know, so on April 6th of 2008, you know, we were on a kill capture mission uh, to get the guy by the name of Haji Gafour. He was a, you know, in charge of the HIG at that point. And, and you know, what he was doing, people don't know that, that Afghanistan really has a big export industry of, of gems, right? Star sapphires, rubies, and such things of that nature. And you know, what he would do is go into these mines and, and take over and say, hey, I'm in charge now and uh, fund the HIG from all of that, right? And uh, that's that's basically what we were going to do is, is go up there where he was, which was about a 30-minute ride north of uh, Jalalabad up in the mountains where it's 10,000 feet above sea level, you know, and it was in April. So, you know, when we landed, it was probably, you know, low 30s, right? And still had snow on the ground, and and uh, we the thing about him is, is there wasn't a lot of intel whether you know of the surrounding area for obvious reasons, right? They're in the mm -hmm. you know nobody had been in there since the Russians, so there was no you know a lot of human intelligence that we could gather other than what we got from the ISR footage, and and so we really didn't know how many people we were going up against. We thought maybe it was him, a ten to sixteen you know man detachment, uh, you know PSD and and uh, some people in the area, you know, unfortunately it ended up being around 200 to 250 uh, people fighting. So, you know, when we landed, I was the um, assault team one leader along with another SF guy, Dave Sanders. And we had about eight uh, Afghani commandos that uh, was on our team and behind us climbing these, you know, we were basically climbing a mountain, right? You know how it is when you, you land in a wadi and you start going up these goat paths and, you have to jump up pretty much to the next terrace and follow that till as far as you can go. And it was about a 20 to 30 minute climb, just going up this mountain, you know, we're 10,000 feet up, but on this uh, mountain face itself, we were probably, you know, one to 200 feet up. And, um, you know, that's when we got opened up on with pretty much an avalanche of gunfire. I, I don't say that to sound cool, you know, it's just what we were in, you know, in, in perspective, you know, within the first 10 minutes, you know, you know, I've been talking for longer than 10 minutes, but uh, within the first 10, we had our lead interpreter, CK, got shot in the throat, died on impact. Uh, Dylan Bear was shot in the hip. Initial assessment on him was 20 minutes. And Luis Morales had gotten shot twice, you know, so we, we really got punched in the face. You know what Mike Tyson eloquently say, everybody's got a plan to get punched in the mouth. <laughs> that's, yeah. that's what happened to us. And and, uh, you know, I, I came back down from my position because the command and control element that was following me, you know, so the whole idea was for me to be the first one in, right, grab a building, lock it down, have command and control come up to me, and then have assault team two leapfrog to the next building, and we'd kind of just play that game till we got to the target. And with two guys shot, we realized that, you know, there was only, you know, basically 10 of us with the commandos uh, plus the commandos. You know, there just wasn't enough of us to be combat effective to, to keep, you know, charging up this mountain. And so uh, me and Dave took our team and came back down to the command and control element and uh, pretty much initiated, you know, Operation Human Shield. You know, we only had one medic, uh, Ron Schur, who, uh, excuse me, ended up getting the Medal of Honor for, for what he did that day. Uh, so we, we were to catch the bullets while Ron did his job, and he did a great job for about, I don't know, two hours. So we're probably about, you know, three hours into this firefight 
and I'll never forget moving from one position to the next and, and uh, you know, just feeling the worst pain I ever felt in my life. Filled forward and rolled over, and my leg was just hanging at a 45-degree angle, you know, only by an inch of flesh. Mm. And, uh, man, that's when I tell everybody, you know, I, I didn't do this John Wayne Green Beret thing, telling my sergeant I didn't have time to bleed or anything like that. You would see in the movies, man, I cried, screamed, yelled, right? I did any human thing you would think to do. Um at that moment and, and ultimately, you know, I live by the creed that I'm dumb, but I know I'm dumb. So that almost makes me smart. <laughs> <laughs> I never will forget thinking, I'm like, Hey, your dumb ass just got shot. You might want to ask for help. Right. <laughs> and, uh, I asked for Dave Sanders. I'm like, Hey man, you got to help me with this tourniquet. And, and, uh, he did the best he could to get it on there. And, uh, <laughs> one of the things I remember was th thinking while Dave was doing that was like, I'll be damned. Spielberg got it right because my blood was squirting out just like the movies. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, man, this I, don't, is really I don't mean to laugh, man, but it, it, I mean, I'm getting a visual here. No, you know? I mean, you get it, right? <laughs> yes. And uh, hey, look, every joke I make about my leg being gone is the middle finger of the guy that shot me. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, I'm, if, if my life sucks because of him, he wins. And my life ain't going to suck. I, I got no problem making a joke about it. You know, but uh, but yeah, so Dave helped me with the tourniquet, and obviously with the 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 blood, you know, squirting like it did, it was very easy for me to see, you know, how long or how much to to tighten it and everything, and and that's when we just continue to fight and and do the best we can. But I remember the next time, every time I would try to move my leg, it it would just get you know caught on something and just uh, the most excruciating pain. So. <laughs> I grabbed my leg, I folded it up into my, you know, my crotch and just held it between my thighs uh, while I was on the objective. And, you know, I, I might be the only guy to say I kicked my own ass on, in the battlefield, right? But, wow. uh, <laughs> well, the only thing I could think of was, you know, you got to splint it, right? And, and mm -hmm. uh, that was the only thing I could, you know, I obviously didn't have a splint or anything. So I'm like, well, I'm just going to, you know, hold it between my legs. But um, at that point, you know, we, we were about four hours into the fight, maybe five, and, and uh, I never will forget seeing my team sergeant get shot, you know. And, and I was a new SF guy, you know. By no means am I trying to act like I was, uh, you know, Chuck Norris wore John Wayne green, you know, underwear. I wasn't that cool. I looked to my team sergeant for a lot of direction, and, uh, you know, I saw him get shot within 10 feet of me. And, uh, you know, that was uh, definitely a mental, holy crap, this is getting real type of, you know, scenario. And, and, and fortunately, the powers that be above us thought the same thing, and, and they opened up and diverted every, almost every air asset and theater to our location and really started dropping ordinance that, that was, uh, you know, to be quite honest, the, the biggest help for us to get off that cliffside and uh, get down to the mountain, you know, and, and uh, that's what we would do. We would drop a bomb you know, scale the back side of the cliff, drop another bomb, scale the back side of the cliff and just wash, rinse, repeat, you know, <laughs> two funny stories. So I always remember whenever, you know, you got the morphine injectors, right? Mm -hmm. Well, about 10 minutes after getting shot, I'm like, Oh crap, I got this morphine injector. This is going to feel great right now. You know, but then I also say, Hey man, you're kind of jacked up. You might want to ask the right way to do this. So I asked Ron, you know, uh, I was like, Hey, what side down? He's like, purple. All right, cool. So I put it down and the, the freaking uh, needle went into my thumb. <laughs> and so I was just cussing Ron. I'm like, you got one job, Ron. 
one job, right? And uh, I said, I'm going to beat you in my leg when I see you, Ron. And, and uh, everybody, like we're laughing right now, the team was laughing on the side of a mountain. Cussing <laughs> out, Ron. Oh man, rest his soul. That that guy was a absolute. Uh, he was he was a great guy. But uh, and then the, since I'm on Ron, the last story is I never will forget thinking after that. You know, Steven had to have been 30 to 45 minutes, and nobody's checked me and are keeping me alive other than me, and I'm not qualified for that, right? <laughs> you know, Ron was working on Dylan and Luis, that, and he never made it over here to check me. So I, I was always like, I was like, Ron, Ron, come check me out. You know, ABCs. You know, do the medic shit that I want to know about right now, and and I'll never will forget him sticking his little peanut head over Dylan and giving me a thumbs up and saying, you're good. <laughs> like, I'm not good, Ron. I was like, I know me good, Ron. This is not good. And, yeah. Uh, yeah. My, my leg is tucked up under me here. It's not good. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and, uh, but obviously he knew what he was doing, right. If I was well enough to yell at him, I wasn't dying. And, and, yeah. uh, and he actually got cancer after this and, and passed away a, a few weeks ago. And so, uh, yeah, I, 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 I saw that. That was very sad. And he had a couple of young kids too. And just right. Yeah. Heartbreaking. Yeah, he was a great American, definitely gone too soon. And, and, uh, you know, cancer is a hell of a thing. And, and, uh, only solace that we can get is I'm just glad he's no longer in pain. Yeah. Um, but, uh, so, but yeah. you made it you made it out of there on a on a helicopter and we were talking about this before we we started the uh the recording so tell our listeners what happened with the helicopters BP added more than 70 billion dollars to the US economy in 2022 Investments like acquiring America's largest biogas producer Arkea Energy and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Welding instructor Alex DeClaire knows firsthand how VR training platforms like ForgeFX can help meet the demand for skilled workers. Anywhere you go look, there's going to be a shortage of welders. VR training can help welding students learn the skills they need to begin and advance in their career. The beauty of virtual reality is it simulates that exact muscle memory that they need. Explore more stories like Alex's at meta.com slash metaverse impact. Discover BetMGM, the betting app sports fans in the Capital Region turn to for nonstop action all winter long. Take the excitement of football, basketball, and hockey to the next level with same-game parlays, exclusive signature bets, odds boost promos, and much more. Plus, now you can sign in, place bets, and manage your cash balance under the same BetMGM account in D.C., Maryland, and Virginia. With the same username and password throughout the DMV, it's never been easier to play with the king of sportsbooks. Download the BetMGM app today. BetMGM is an authorized gaming partner of the NBA and an official sports betting partner of the NHL. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly and offer resources to help you make appropriate choices. Please gamble responsibly. BetMGM.com for terms and conditions. Must be 21 years of age or older to wager. Washington, D.C. only. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Your tax refund belongs to you, not an identity thief. 
Over $6 billion in tax refunds were flagged by the IRS for possible identity theft in 2023. If you're in a bind this tax season, LifeLock can help. LifeLock monitors and alerts you to identity threats you may miss on your own, even if you're careful with your personal information. And if you do become the victim of tax-related identity fraud, LifeLock has U.S.-based restoration specialists ready to help solve your identity theft issues. Plus, all LifeLock plans are backed by the Million Dollar Protection Package, meaning LifeLock will reimburse you up to the limits of your plan if you lose money due to identity theft. Let LifeLock help you protect your financial information so all you have to worry about is what to do with your tax refund. Go to LifeLock.com news and save up to 25% your first year. That's 25% off at LifeLock.com news. Identity theft protection starts here. Yeah, so the, the the first helicopter that came in, you know, was a, a proper medevac bird. And, and so before we even got there, we had to, you know, the HLZ was in the middle of the wadi. And what was between us and the, and the base of the mountain that we had to get through was this river of melted ice and snow. And, you know, I never will forget getting drugged through that and just being, you know, you, again, it's, you know, the, that degree of water was 33 degrees and and man, it was the coldest bath that I've ever gotten in my life. I was like, "Come on, baby Jesus, I'm surviving a gunshot. Now you're gonna make me die of hypothermia." <laughs> oh, you know, and and uh, so the bird comes in, and uh, there's a picture that's ingrained in my memory of seeing Scott with his arm getting, you know, uh, reaching up to to grab the bottom of this medevac bird, and it actually flying away. And you know, we have audio of the pilot saying, "I'm hit, I'm hit, I'm going south." And, and he actually got shot and had to fly away. So we had to get drugged back through the water again to the base of the mountain. Second bird comes in. It was just from the, you know, ARF bird, Air Reaction Force. And and it comes in. We had some, you know, SF guys get off and we got on and we, uh, you know, uh, elevator up out of the uh, objective and start flying away. And I never forget that we had to do an emergency landing because all the damage we took getting out of there, we couldn't even make it to ABAD. And I was like... Again, thanks, baby Jesus, right? Gunshot, hypothermia, not a plane crash. What are we going to do here? And uh, well, we, we, we got cross-loaded to the third aircraft, and it got us in there. And, and uh, that's, that's, uh, that's the day at my office that day. Mm-hmm. But uh, now, from, from there, did they uh, send you on your way to Germany? Is that the normal route for somebody who's injured yeah. as bad as you so we went into uh, uh, ABAD, and that's when I um, actually died a couple times and, and uh, came back. I was always my joke. I was like, I just, you know, was seeing if y'all was going to cry, right? <laughs> and then I, but I came back, don't worry. And uh, I woke up in Bagram the following day. And Steve, I'm going to be honest with you, I'll, I'll never will, you know, there aren't a word to truly, you know, uh, uh, quantify the, the, the feeling of, me looking at those ceiling tiles and being terrified to look down, right? Because I knew, you know, why I knew why I was there, right? I, I didn't have any uh, memory loss. And, and uh, so I, I knew that, that the next moment I looked down would be the most profound moment in my life. I also kind of thought, you know, like the whole Ricky Bobby, well, with my high income and advancement in modern science, right? <laughs> There's no reason to think they can't save the leg, right? This is special forces. And, uh, but I looked down and, and I saw one leg sticking out and, you know, that, that's when I cried and, and uh, I knew that everything that I'd worked for, you know, at this moment was over. 
Um, you know, when, when I really give a speech about it, I always say that's the meaning, that's the, 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 the moment that I truly learn the meaning of the word can't, right? You know, forever, I can't walk, not without the aid of a prosthetic device. And, and uh, that was a, just a debilitating gut punch that, that I, you know, I hope uh, people never have to go through. But to, to answer your question, yeah, I went to Launch Duel, and then from there, we we uh, ended up at, at Walter Reed. And the uh, the folks at Walter Reed, the prosthetics people there, do some tremendous work. As I mentioned to you offline, uh, you know, my partner that I used to work with, uh, we we were on a two man mission down in South America, and uh, you know, uh, he he was. Uh, uh, missing a, a a leg as well and i'd go with him up to walter reed and yeah you know he'd get fitted for a new one at that time the state-of-the-art stuff wasn't anything like what you guys have today but you know they they did it what they could for him and they did some great work up there no walter reed is phenomenal you know it just was uh it, i always say that if you wanted to get better there was no better place than walter reed you know, if you wanted to put the time in to get better, they were they had the staff and the and the the capabilities to give you the the best that you can. And and I've got nothing but good good. I know there was like some bad press about them a long time ago, but uh, again, there's there was nothing but good that happened whenever I was there. Yeah, that's uh, that's good to hear because you know a lot of what we do here in the news about either veterans or, you know, active uh, duty, you know, soldiers getting medical treatment. A lot of it is very negative and it's yeah. good to hear about that. I mean, I, I had good luck when I was at Walter Reed. Uh, that's where they ended up putting me out. Actually, I went, uh, they medically, medically, I can't even speak this afternoon. They medically put me out at that time. Right. But, right. Uh, yeah. Um, yeah, that was, I mean, I'm glad to hear that. And so talk us through, you know, okay, so yeah, you lost your leg. They fit you with a prosthetic device. And uh, how did you end up back in SF? Because that is not a very common thing. Yeah, you know, so I was uh, there for Walter Reed for hmm, maybe six to eight months. And quite frankly, I just couldn't deal with D.C. anymore. You know, it's a great place to visit. I just couldn't, I, I couldn't live there. And I, and I, you know, went back to my chain of command uh, and I was like, Hey guys, I got to get back. You know, I got to get back to Bragg. You know, I just started to run at that point and, and uh, you know, yeah, Bragg didn't have the facilities that, that, uh, that Walter Reed didn't have, but anyway, I, I just had to do it. And, and so I went there and, and, Honestly, quitting quitting was never an option for me. You know, to your point earlier, how we started this, right? My name is John Wayne. I was born on the Fourth of July, right? Like, if God ever put it in black and white, you know, what somebody's supposed to do, He sure did for me. And and uh, you know, to become SF, you don't have to like it; you got to love it. And so it was something I love even to this day. You know, I loved every minute of it. And and so quitting wasn't an option. It was just a let's figure out how, right? And I was fortunate enough that, that my team sergeant actually went to work at the sniper detachment uh, over at Opstead. And um, so I transferred over to him over, you know, and worked with him at the, at the sniper debt. And man, I tell you what, I just, I, I had to, I had to try. I had to try to, you know, to obviously to become an, an instructor there, you had to be so qualified and, 
and uh, you know my my rehabilitation had come to a certain point to where I felt that I had the you know the 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 performance that could could do it and uh, they put me in there and and I was fortunate enough to meet all the qualifications and and uh, you know graduate uh, special forces sniper school and and you know it's funny they didn't even know I was one legged a lot of them uh, whenever we were doing. Oh, what well, well, it was uh, uh, stalks, right? So you're, we went out to the stalk lanes and changing into ghillie suits, and that was the first time that you know, obviously you had to drop trowel in front of everybody. <laughs> and and uh, guys like, what the hell? I'm like, yep, I'm one legged, buddy. Game's on. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, when they did all the, you know, the scrambles and running guns, where they they posted times and everything. You know, I made sure to go up to the board and say, hey, the one-legged guy wasn't last. <laughs> there you go. Yeah. But, yeah, it was, it was just a, it was a great experience. You know, it was tough. They didn't pull any punches. It was definitely the first time that I, uh, you know, got uh, a, a realization of how tough it is to operate as an amputee, you know. And, and quite honestly, it was a, a big uh, – come to Jesus moaning moment, you know, that, yeah, I had this romanticized thing about the, all right, you know, I can do this. I can do that. I'm just as good and everything, but it really made me realize like, you know what, no matter how good I am one legged, I'll never be as good as a green, a green beret two legged. Right. Mm -hmm. And uh, that was a very, very tough conversation for me to have. Now, again, by all means, I could stay in, in a, um, in a non-operational role, working at the schoolhouse, doing something like that. But I just, in, in my heart, you know, I, I, uh, I couldn't spend another, you know, eight to 10, eight years at least. Cause I, I had about 11 years in at this time. And that's just when I decided to get out, you know, and, and said, you know, God's pointing me in a different direction. And, and, uh, man, I'll tell you what, moving back to Dallas there to Texas was one of the best, you know, decisions I ever made. Well, Dallas is a beautiful area. Uh, as I mentioned to you earlier, I mean, we have some family members there. And, um, you know, we went down there a couple of years ago, went to the Texas State Fair and yeah. took in the OU-Oklahoma game. I mean, we did the whole thing. And uh, yeah, that's just got to do it. It's a great place. I, I really like that area. And they love vets there. Like, you know, just like how Walter Reed, if you wanted to get better, that's the place to do it. If you're a veteran and you want to have a job and work and have a family, this is the place to do it. They are, you know, it, we, we have a, a very, very diverse economy. So, you know, we're not hit that hard with recessions uh, as uh, other parts of the country, you know, uh, big veteran lovers, you know, the support that I've gotten from people here in this community and, and this area has just been, you know, absolutely phenomenal. Yeah. And, uh, you know, you, you didn't mention, uh, and you weren't blowing your own horn, so I'll blow it for you. Uh, not only did you receive the purple heart for your, uh, you know, your injury there, but you also got a bronze star and a silver star. So, uh, I, I think our listeners should know that a little bit too. Well, I appreciate that. You know our motto, quiet professionals, right? Yeah. <laughs> but, you know, it, it is, a, you know, on that point, though, it is a very humbling fact to know that, you know, the day I lost my leg, two medals of honor were awarded, eight silver stars, the Air Force Cross, eight Purple Hearts, you know, but zero American killed. How crazy is that to, to know that, you know, I'm, I'm a part of that history. And, and uh, it really is a humbling fact. This wasn't my deal. This is my team's. There are a lot. 
you know, cooler people on that day than, than me. I'm just uh, very lucky to, to be a part of them. Well, I think they were lucky to have you. So, uh, you know, and uh, that, uh, again, uh, you know, talking about Ron, the, the, your medic, uh, I mean, you know, when I, when I read that story, uh, it was amazing because I remember when that came all out in the news and, uh, you know, it's amazing the work he did that day. And, you know, as you said, he was so cool and calm under fire and taking care of a couple of other guys. And, you know, it's just, uh, it, it, it speaks volumes about SF in general. Right. So, right. It really and, does. You know, the, the, the fighting force that we, as you know, you know, together, man, we are an absolute juggernaut on the battlefield. It's, <laughs> it really is. I, I just keep saying the word humbling because it is humbling to know to, that I'm a part of that history. And it's quite honestly, Steve, that's what keeps me motivated, you know, in my civilian life. You know, now what I'm doing now, it's just uh, I feel like I'm serving my country just as much, you know, than when I was in, you know, uh, being an advocate for, you know, Green Beret Foundation, to Sentinels Freedom and, and the, the, you know, the great benevolent agencies that are out there you know, to the companies that I'm running now to where, you know, Gallantry, uh, Global Logistics, I want to be the, you know, the largest veteran hiring company in the state of Texas. And, you know, my water company live to give, you know, every bottle you buy, we're giving half the profits to veteran and first responder charities, you know, imagine, you know, the amount of good that we're going to be able to do just by selling water, man, I'm so excited to, you know, at, at the place God's put me in now. And, and it's just, it's, 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 it's fun to come to work every day, put it that way. Right. Well, that, that was what I was going to ask you, John. Uh, I, I know that I read in your bio that you're the co-founder of Live to Give. As you mentioned, it's a company built on the premise of giving back, and they donate 50% of all the net profits to charity supporting the military first responders and their families. So right. how did you get into that? Because I know for a lot of us, I mean, I, I'm speaking for myself here. I don't know anything about, you know, charities and stuff like that so how, how did you come about with that well i kind of just told you 30 minutes of how i became about it right by losing my leg <laughs> i kind of just yeah. <laughs> was forced into the world right uh, what's the rogaine guy i'm not just a client but i'm also a, what a, the owner or whatever yeah you know the same thing right so i've been on both sides and uh you know steve i know firsthand what it's like to you know be in a hospital and have a benevolent agency help you, right? Whenever I showed up to Walter Reed, Green Beret Foundation had a you know two thousand dollar check in a in a go ruck bag, and and uh, you know there are others uh, there were other agencies that was helping get my family up there, and and so it was it was life changing, and uh, I will never forget that, and want to make sure, you know, that those that are still going, you know, that just because we're talking about COVID doesn't mean the war stops, right? Nope. You know, we, we were always going to need people to uh, to support those that are keeping us safe. And and um, I had lunch with a friend of mine that, that brought a, a guest, and his name was Zach Smith. And, and Zach Smith was a Mississippi State football guy, you know, civilian, had nothing to do with the Army other than he just loves this country and those that serve it. And he brought me the idea. He's like, hey, I, you know, I wanted to, I was thinking about doing this thing. At the time, it was called Give Back. And, and you know, I want to, you know – um, sell a product that every time you buy it, we, we give half back. And, and 
I said, you know what? I, I got a friend of mine that's in the beverage industry. Let's, let's uh, you know, because he offered me to part of the company and said, hey, let's 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 think about doing this. And I said, well, I got a buddy that you know he may know a little bit. His name's Larry Young. He's the former CEO of Dr Pepper, <laughs> and so yeah. he might know a little bit about beverages. And uh, we had lunch with Larry, and and uh, just like the, the awesome guy that he is, he listened to what we were all saying, and and then uh, when we shut up, he started talking, right? He said, all right, guys, here's what we're going to do. Let's do water. It's the cheapest to make. Everybody drinks it. It won't kill nobody. <laughs> and, there uh, and there we go. And, and uh, we were fortunate enough to have uh, him introduce us to some of the marketing people at, at Dr. Pepper. And we are Alexander, their agency they use. And they helped us design the logo, come up with the name, actually, you know. And, and um, during that time, I some of my very close friends here, um in the in the Dallas area we raised the money that was needed to really take a serious play at the beverage industry because it does take a lot of money this is not something that you get you don't get into Kroger and Tom Thumb lightly right you you have to have uh the the firepower behind it to you know that we're learning now you know to get through this and and uh you know fast forward here we are you know we started making water in in November and and in true John Wayne fashion, right? With the the whenever we uh, got the help from Dr. Pepper to find a bottler to make our water, because it's the reverse osmosis purified water, but with the electrolytes and minerals added back for taste, right? It's the the enhanced water uh, playing field that that we're in, and and the the plant that they uh, looked uh, linked us up with was Seaforce, uh, which is a bottling plant down in Navasota that is. Uh, owned and run by Chuck Norris and, and Gina Norris. <laughs> so wow. my wife's like, you mean to tell me you got Chuck Norris making your water? I'm like, well, kind of, <laughs> but, <laughs> you know, and, and so it was great to meet them. They're a great uh, uh, partner to have. We're, we're very, very lucky to, to, to have them. And, and uh, once we got the water, you know, uh, before then we were dealing with the different charities, right? Uh, who do we support? How does this work? And, and that was a, uh, a tough process uh, in itself, you know. Uh, man, it's tough to find charities out there that one is national. We got to have a national branch, you know, uh, because of uh, selling water and and uh, we, obviously the 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 cause has got to be the right. They got to be doing the right thing with the financials and the products and services is what they're doing. And and um, after a long, you know, hard uh, uh, thing, we we really settled on three which was uh, the um, uh, Task Force Dagger Foundation, which they're the 911 for special operations, really. Um, Folds of Honor, right? Folds of Honor gives $5,000 scholarships to the children of the wounded and fallen. And then Chive Charities, uh, they do three different uh, faucets of their charitable donations. One's to kids with rare diseases, one's to veterans, and the other's first responders. And so we were very fortunate to to find them and partner with them, you know, to really give our first responder aspect. And and uh, unbeknownst to us, right, as an entrepreneur, I'm just kind of learning as I go with a lot of this stuff. I don't have corporate law degree or <laughs> know anything about corporate co-venture agreements that I do now, you know. And, and so because of that, the corporate co-venture agreements that you have to have in every single state with every charity that a profile – a pro uh, a profit company has with a nonprofit organization. We're starting to live the Give Foundation. That uh, essentially everything's going to run the same, but 
instead of having to worry about all the legalities, we're just going to, you know, do all the charitable stuff through the Live to Give Foundation. Oh, that's awesome. That's uh, that that's fantastic. Uh, yeah. You know, that's you know, for somebody who who's already given so much and still giving back. I mean, and now you have not only John Wayne, but you have Chuck Norris behind you. I mean, how more American can you get? So. <laughs> yeah, you know, and, and more importantly, Steve, I'm just excited to, to the amount of good that we're going to do just by selling water, right? So imagine that, you know, let's put things into perspective here. Yeah, I think Smart Water did about $800 million in revenue last year. Imagine if we gave half of that away, yeah. right? I mean, that's real talk. You know, the, we're just asking people, you know, the, the consumer is not having to do, uh, sacrifice anything we are. You know, we're the same price, the same product. We're allowing everyday Americans to give back daily, right? That's the, the that's why I think this is going to be a big deal is whenever you move your hand three inches in that cooler, you know, from whatever product to, to live to give, you know that we are going to change lives. And, man, I can't wait to tell those stories. Oh, that's awesome. And, uh, yeah, as uh, my next question is live to give the, the water – is that available everywhere, or is that just in Texas right now? In store, it's available in the DFW area where we are fortunate enough to get. You know, I, I started telling you in November of last year. Really, is is mm -hmm. is when we kind of launched, and uh, the way that the sales process worked, the, the the groceries and and stores they really only meet about once, maybe twice a year in the spring and the fall, right? And uh, we were gymming up, hiring the right people, you know, rock stars in the industry to get this baby rolling. And then COVID happened in February for, and when all of our meetings were going to happen in March and April, <laughs> yeah. you know, and so we, we really got punched in the mouth with that. But during that time, we do have a great success story. We're in, we gotten over a hundred seven elevens. We were in, you know, a bunch of third party channels here from local yokel, you know, grocer to defender outdoors and other places you know, uh, gun places like that. Um, we are obviously nationwide on Amazon. You can go get it, any, you know, we're on Amazon right now, 20 ounce and one liter. And uh, yeah, so that's where we are right now. Oh, that's, that's awesome, man. And I, I, I wish you the very best with that. And uh, I'm going to go on Amazon as soon as we're done and I'm going to order some water. So Hey, got to give back a little bit where we can. Hey, man, we're not breeding pandas, you know. We're just making water and changing lives. It's that easy, <laughs> you know. Hey, you know, uh, may maybe some of that smart water will rub off on some of us down here. So. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. Hey, John, uh, we want to thank you for joining us this afternoon. I mean, uh, this has been great. Uh, you have a, an awesome story to tell. You were amongst a group of Green Berets that's unbelievable. That the the story of that team, and I, again, I I remember reading about it, you know, and it's uh, everything that SF is supposed to be all about. And uh, you know, I think your your story is fantastic, and I wish you all the best in all your future endeavors there. Steve, I really appreciate it. Thank you so much. And, and uh, again, I don't, I don't take the invitation lightly. Like I told you earlier, you know, my leg will never grow back. And so every single day I'm going to have the memory 
of what the true sacrifices of our freedoms is and, and, and uh, the, the thank yous that I get from people like you that want to hear my story and for all of those that want to support those that are serving, it's just an absolute, you know, validation for that sacrifice. Right. And, and, and when you say, you know, thank you, that's why I don't say you're welcome. I say you're worth it. You're worth that fight. You're worth the holidays and everything missed. And, and uh, God bless y'all and, and uh, look forward to hearing from you again. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, let's uh, let's uh, link back up in the future when when this water company is going global. Uh, then bingo. Uh, yeah, we'll 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 do a, a, a you know we'll retouch on stuff when uh, when that happens. But uh, John, thanks once again. I mean that it was fantastic, and you know uh, we really appreciate your time. We appreciate your service. And, uh, yeah, you're a great American, my friend. Well, God bless you, Steve. Thank you, sir. All right. And uh, for myself, Steve Balistrieri, all of us here at Soft Rep Radio, we want to thank everyone for listening this afternoon. We want to thank our guest, John Wayne Walding. And, folks, be sure to check that out. Um, you know, John is now the co-founder of Live to Give. And if you're looking for water to buy, they give half of it back of their net profits to support military first responders and their families. That doesn't get any better than that. So software radio here on time on target. We'll be back with another podcast uh, real soon. But uh, once again, thanks to our guest, John Wayne Walling. John, once again, thanks for joining us. Let's do it again soon. Yes, sir. Sure will. Thank you. been listening to soft rep radio does money stress you out let facet flip your financial chaos into clarity finding facet immediately put us at ease facet's innovative approach to financial planning ensures your money works as hard as you do enabling members to experience the joys of having your finances in order that makes us facet for life now i guess (laughs) visit facet.com f-a-c-e-t.com to learn more this ad is sponsored by facet facet wealth is an sec registered investment advisor this is not an offer to buy or sell securities nor is it investment legal or tax advice these testimonials are from current facet members who are not compensated all opinions are their own and not a guarantee of a similar outcome This is Tracy V. Wilson from Stuff You Missed in History Class. The national sales event is on at your Toyota dealer, making now the perfect time to get a great deal on a dependable new car. Like a legendary Camry built for performance and available with all-wheel drive, you can count on your new Camry to get anywhere you need to go. Or check out an affordable and reliable Corolla with a trim for every lifestyle. From the hip sedan to the sporty hatchback, there's a Corolla built just for you. Check out more national sales event deals when you visit buyatoyota.com. Toyota, let's go places. Farm to store in days, not weeks. That's 80 Acres Farms. Did you know most salads travel over 2,000 miles to reach your plate? But not 80 Acres Farms. Their crisp salad greens and herbs are food less traveled. They stay fresher for longer in your fridge. My salad lasts all week long, which means less food waste and easy meal planning. Oh, and did I mention there's zero need to wash these greens? Because 80 Acres Farms uses zero pesticides. Visit 80acresfarms.com to learn more and find their salads and salad kits at your local Harris Teeter. Hey there, it's Ryan Seacrest for Safeway. Now that spring is here, it's time to focus on self-care and revitalize your personal care routine. Now through March 26, head in store, shop for all your favorite personal care essentials, and earn four times rewards points. 
Shop for items like Crest Toothpaste, Secret Deodorant, Old Spice Deodorant, or Gillette Razors. Offer expires March 26th. Restrictions apply. Promotions may vary. Visit Safeway.com for more details.